You're listening to episode 55 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Swapna Krishna. And we are recording on Sunday, February 7th, 2021. And we are both super loopy. So yeah, in we, advance. This is our second podcast start because the first <laughs> one did not go well. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're going to be talking about WandaVision, uh, just in a few minutes, but first we want to start off with some news. Yeah. So the, um, a new trailer for Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is the remaster of the first three Mass Effect games, um, cleverly titled Mass Effects 1, 2, and 3, um, <laughs> um that the draw, uh, they released, um, a date for them. So they're coming out in May. It's really exciting. Um, but the, we knew it was coming. We knew it was, co- I thought it was coming in March. So that's a little bit disappointing, but May is still great. Um, gives us the time to get even more excited, but I was really excited to see that they featured in the trailer Femshep, which, um, is, who is voiced by Jennifer Hale and who is, for a lot of us, just like Shepard, there's a lot there's there's a lot of controversy controversy going way back about how um, developers and studios, Bioware, EA, kind of downplayed Sam Shep. Her fi- design, her default design, wasn't even finalized till Mass Effect Three. If that give, tells you how little, you know, like they didn't. Femship in a lot of ways has thought of it like has been th- like considered an afterthought a little bit. It seemed like by the developers and the studios and stuff like it Jen Hale is amazing she is so good and just the fact that they featured her in this trailer is huge because it shows that they acknowledge like the huge impact that the female version of the character has had on gamers and everybody and like Jen Hale uh she recorded a video of herself like sobbing like I know, like, like, and Jen, uh, let let me just, like, Jen Hale and I have become friendly over the past few months, and she is the kindest, most supportive person. Like, she's one of those people who will respond to your dumb, dumb tweets, where you're like, I can't believe, like, somewhat famous people follow me on this platform and listen to me say this dumbass shit. (laughs) And she is one of those people who will not only respond, but be like, yay! And, like, she's so kind and so nice, and, like, it just, it, like, really got to me. I'm, like, tearing up. But anyway, um... I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this game. I'm excited for her. I'm excited on a lot for a lot of reasons. So I just wanted to mention that. I'm excited for everyone who is excited. I've never played. Yeah, it. and I don't think we and I have you and I have had this conversation, but like I don't think it's for you. I don't think this game is. Um, Preeti and I like we like sat there for like an hour one day and like kind of like hammered out why we love so many of the same things, but don't love. So many of the, yeah. like, like how there are some things that she loves and something that I love and they're different. And we are so, I'm so glad you love the things you love, even if I don't and vice versa. But we have discovered that Preeti does not, sci-fi is not your thing. No, like hard sci-fi is yeah. not. You like magic very- in space, hence yeah. like Star Wars. Yes, I love magic in space. I love very like light sci-fi that is not heavy on any sort of actual potential science sounding thing. Yes. So, like, I think <laughs> as much as I love Mass Effect, and I'm glad we figured this out beforehand, because otherwise I totally would have made you buy it and then just been like... Then I would be like, this uh, is too hard. I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, when uh, you don't like it. Um, so, um, yeah, no, but I'm glad we know that, so I will just talk about it on here. <laughs> and you can be very excited that I am excited. I will. I and will I'll send be- you. I'll send you clips of like the romance scenes because you'll love That's that all stuff. I want. Yeah. That's all I want. And it's to be frank, a lot of people only play it for that because the romances are really good. 
see, this is where I get frustrated yeah. that I don't like it because I want to like it yeah. so I can engage in that part of it. But maybe I'll just find, like like you said, like the YouTube video yeah. and watch or like i'll let you know they may do like a very easy like only story only mode i love that yeah they did that for mass effect 3 they did basically it was called story mode and it was like basically if you don't want any challenge you just want the story story mode is my favorite thing in video games so i'm hoping that it's like retroactive towards like they'll they'll introduce that for the whole trilogy to just make it like because like the story is genuinely really good and you get really invested in these characters um, but that, yeah, I just wanted to mention that, but we're not doing a full news segment because, um, honestly, there's nothing happening right now. And we have a lot to talk about yeah. because we are going to do episodes three through five of WandaVision. Yeah. So, um, this, this show took kind of, I don't want to say it took a left turn because I don't, I think what we've seen is very much in keeping with the show and with the MCU Mm-hmm. Like integrating the show into the MCU, I guess is the is the um thing. This episode four, we interrupt this program was very different than episodes one through three, and then episode mm-hmm. five kind of combined the two kinds of storytelling. It's it's doing. I feel like uh, overall impressions, like very briefly, I think before we dig right into spoiler territory, um, is this show is doing something that's so smart on so many levels, like from the writing to the acting to set design to costuming to every piece of it feels so well thought out and deliberate in a way, you know, that it's not only commenting on the story of its characters, but it's commenting on its space within the larger kind of MCU. It's commenting on the storytelling that exists because of the MCU. It's it's fascinating. And it's commenting on what we are doing. Yes. Theorizing yes. about what's going on in this TV show. Like, it's, yes. it's on so many, so many levels. It is like a meta, meta show. And we, I, I think we talked about this a little bit in the last time, but you don't see... This isn't necessarily a B-plot because... Like, it's a B... It, it's somewhat of a B-plot in the larger MCU, but also Wanda... But... Wanda is quickly becoming, I think, an A character, A level character in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So it's it is, but it's not. If that makes sense. But they're almost telling the story, like okay, I don't know if I'm going to articulate this well, but it feels like they're telling a B plot as if it's an A plot with the attention to detail because the MCU doesn't do B plots. Well, yeah, I think what they're doing, what I appreciate about what they're doing is they're taking the character of Wanda, who honestly should have been an A-level character from the beginning. From the beginning. Like, she's possibly the most powerful character in the MCU. And the fact, like, it's it's just, it's fucked up that she's not. Right. It's one of those things where you're like, we should have had a Black Widow movie in 2012, right? Like, the minute Black Widow and Loki had that interaction in the first Avengers movie. It's been a long... They all mushed together, but pretty sure it's the first Avengers movie. Um, There should have been a Black Widow movie in the same way like Scarlet Witch, or or Wanda, rather, because they don't necessarily call her Scarlet Witch, uh, should have been an A-level character. And this show feels very much like a commentary on that piece and recognizing what she should have had and... So when we talk about yeah, this show, exactly. Talk Sorry, about I'm going to interrupt for a second because you hit the nail on the head. Like I think you exactly got it. Like this show feels like acknowledging that they have done not the acknowledging that the character's been done a disservice and kind of mm-hmm. elevating her in storytelling and giving her quite possibly the best story 
in the MCU outside of maybe Black Panther and like Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, because what it feels like what they're doing with this show, which is um, a discussion about loss, it's a discussion about grief, is recognizing the lack of attention paid to a character who should have had that focus, mm-hmm. right? It's sort of like we talk about how in um, A New Hope, Leia never gets her moment to grieve. And this like, show, she loses like this everything. is the moment in between. Yeah. And this is that, this is that. Where that's, we get yeah, to see that's Wanda. exactly. Oh, and that's a so much good. better way of putting it because like, I'm like, it's a B plot, but it's not. But it, it is because this is how the MCU treats these kinds of yeah, stories. Exactly. But it's, they're making it an A plot and that's super exciting. It really is. So, okay, let's, let's, let's kind of just okay. like dig into spoiler yeah. territory, right? Absolutely. Um, so now in color, the, the show has moved from black and white into color and also the introduction of um, Monica as kind of more of a of a bigger player, which mm-hmm, is really mm-hmm. exciting, which I just want to point out that when <laughs> this made me laugh when I realized what the name of this this episode was, because I remember I wanted to make a shirt that said Star Wars now in color after Rogue I remember one. that. I remember that. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel a little validated here. <laughs> but it does introduce, you know, um, Monica plays a much bigger role as Geraldine in Wanda's universe. Wanda is pregnant. You know, the the second episode ended. No, second, yes, yeah, yes, second, second episode, episode ended with with the beekeeper coming out of the um mm-hmm. the uh, sewers. The whatever. Thank you. I was like, what is the word? Um, and then and she Wanda rewound kind of it yeah. to to that because she wanted that moment. moment. And mm-hmm. I think the and so um, pick up there. Yeah, and I think the tactic of viewing all that, going back and viewing all that from the outside in episode four was really, really good because we got context for a lot of those, like, really weird, cool things that were happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the storytelling is very, very smart. But yeah. this episode is still kind of all in world. The majority of it is all in Westview in yeah. the context of Wanda's TV show, right? Yeah. Um. And so the biggest thing, arguably, that happens in this episode is Wanda's pregnant. There's yeah. a lot of really fun, like, classic sitcom like, holding st- something in front of your belly so mm-hmm. you don't know that they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of all these jokes that we know and have seen for years on various other sitcoms. Um, and, of course, there's, like, the, oh, madcap doctor stuff. Mm-hmm. But Wanda is pregnant at the end of episode two and then has her babies by the end of episode three. Yeah. Because the timeline is just, like... No, I'm not going to go through all the waiting if I don't have yep. to. And Monica is the one who helps her deliver the babies. Deliver the babies, but I guess the biggest thing is this moment that happens where it seems like Monica comes out of her kind of She's character. able to access her knowledge. Monica's not Geraldine is able to access Monica's knowledge somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's like this flash of, you know, your brother was Pietro. What does she what what did you she yeah, she says, um, you had a brother, I think, is yeah, what she says. Something like that. And when they said like the I I like teared up when Pietro's name was said because I'm still I will be angry forever. Yeah, I know. Forever that he was killed in Age of Ultron. I will be furious forever. And so I was very excited about this moment. Because yeah. I think there is 
because of the nature, which we've talked about, because of the nature of the MCU and because of the number of characters and who gets focus and who doesn't get focus, there's so much like uh, potential story just left by the wayside. And yeah. one of those things was this deep loss that this character suffered. And so yeah. we were finally, you know, five, six years down the line getting to see. Like it was our twin brother and they were so isolated Mm -hmm. for so long and only had each other. Like this is major trauma that she has, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, there've been at least some nice acknowledgements of it, like her and Hawkeye and stuff like that. Like there've been a little bit, but like, she's not processed this trauma. And then now she's lost, she lost vision. Yeah. It's a lot. It's It's a lot. Um, And so she's, she has the, now she has her twins she has her twins. She has this moment after um, Monica kind of, you know, says these things. And Monica is wearing the sword emblem mm-hmm, on her necklace, mm-hmm. which was very clear and noticeable. Um, and Wanda kind of clicks back into the act, what we think is the actual reality, right? And expels Monica from yeah. the thing. In a very, like, kind of fresh of or like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, sort of like comic way of yeah. like shoving her out through walls, which is where the episode ends with her like exploding onto the scene outside of the um, what Darcy is calling the hex. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and then, like you said, episode four, we interrupt this program. Uh, is a very like where we finally get to see the other side of it, and yeah. that first like five minutes that intro moment of episode four was so good because it shows us okay you're talking about monica in the hospital right yes yeah yes because i thought this was one of the most powerful moments in the show in like the mcu generally like just this this because it shows consequences Mm -hmm. like one of the things we talk about Oh, I feel like we talk about, I don't know if we talk about the show, but you and I talk about it more generally, is like one of the weaknesses of this, of uh, MCU storytelling is you kind of blitz by these huge moments. Like what happened mm-hmm. in the blip when everyone came back? Like we saw it from one point of view that, um, you know, cap on the battlefield and on your left. And it's just like triumphant moment for everyone else. It's not going to be like that. Like, it's, yeah, we've there's... seen it in Spider-Man: Far From Home. Is right. the only other time, and that was mostly played for humor. And it was in remind like, me if I'm wrong in uh, in that like comedic moment at the beginning. We haven't really seen the trauma of it, but also in like the entire school disappeared, right? Like the entire in the blip. Spider-Man in Spider-Man, right? Like most of his no, classmates. It was, it was about. It was like half of. Them yeah. Well, so like it's just. My thing is, like, this is the first time we're seeing one person disappear and their loved one is gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that, like, yes. it's that disconnect versus, like, oh, me and most of my community or most of my close friends all blipped and then came back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and seeing, like, truly the impact of it, right? Like, yeah. she, that, it's such a rough moment and, like, such a heartbreaking one where she comes back. Maria has died. Mm-hmm. three years earlier yeah and monica missed it right yeah. completely because she was blipped that i love the chaos of the hospital scene and how horrified everyone is and how it's just like sheer panic because like yeah. what what do you do right yeah. and then we fast forward two weeks and she's gone back to sword and i can i just point out the dude who plays hayward 
because the MCU has taught us well, I was like, I don't trust you, man. Yeah, no, I, I don't trust him at all. For a authority second. of like an elite governmental faction. Mm-mm. Don't trust you. Did trust him for a second, especially when you were like, oh, Monica was supposed to be in charge. Yep. Like, mm. Mm, this is gonna be a problem. And then, so he sends her off on. Um, uh, kind of a missing persons case. Yeah. Okay. Can can we talk about that a part of it a little bit? Because do yeah. we know who she's looking for? So she, it's Jimmy. She runs in. She comes to help. Right. FBI agent Jimmy Wu, who is looking for a witness protection. Yes, but someone in witness protection. We don't don't know, know who. who it is. Do we know that? Do we know that? Think they're looking for the same person? Well, she's there to help him. Okay, so she's there. Oh, she sent in to help him. Okay, I missed that part. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, are they looking for us? But we still don't know who he's looking for. We don't know who okay. the witness protection person is or what that backstory is. We know it's a him. I believe they that yeah. um, Jimmy says him at one point. Um, I was very happy to see Randall Park again on the screen. I think mm-hmm. he's an absolute delight. And, and whole, he figured out the Ant Man business card the thing. Card, the card. Yes. Thing. This is the best continuity. <laughs> I loved it. So in case you missed this, uh, so Randall Park's character is from the Ant-Man movies. He's the FBI agent who is tasked with making sure that Scott stays in his home and and doesn't get caught again. Um, And Scott has learned close up like card magic. Yeah, because he's bored at home. Jimmy wants to learn. Wonder what that's like. The like fast card thing. (laughs) I know. What's it like being stuck inside it's for like such a, a long time? Yeah, like has anybody I'm, do? Has anybody we're listening learn magic tricks over the past year? I'm very sad that I did not spend my time learning magic. Tricks. I know. Now I'm like, I, I want to. The next time I see my friends, I want to be like, boom, want my business card. I know. I know you don't want it, but will you take it? <laughs> um, just so I can do this magic trick. Um, and I love, I love, I love Randall Park generally. Yes, he's so good. And he's so good in this. There's a scene in episode five where he's like bringing coffee to his friends. And he's so like the way he, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the way he's walking is so, I'm like imitating it on screen right now. Like all you guys (laughs) listening can't see me, can't see me. But um, like, he's like so happy and jaunty because he's like, I have friends to bring coffee to. It's, yeah. It's really nice. So Monica shows up, meets up with, Jimmy, we like they, you know, she's like, why, why is Sword being involved in this? Yeah. And it turns out that there's this entire town of West New Westview, New Jersey, that you can't access. Yeah, and not only and, you can't access, but the people who live outside of Westview don't know it exists. Like it's been erased right. from their memory. Like literally, they're standing in front of the sign that says Westview, New Jersey, and these two cops are like, no, there's no Westview, exist. New Jersey. We're Eastview. That's it. There's no Westview. Um, so Monica kind of touches this barrier that is there and gets sucked in. So we mm-hmm. get to see how she ends up in inside of this sitcom that's happening and why she's not in the first episode, yeah. which loved. And then so they set up this whole sword uh, encampment outside of the boundary. Darcy, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Darcy Lewis shows up from I one love of her. Sunday's favorite MCU movies. I'm sorry. I love this movie. And like, you know, I used to downplay and be like, no, no, I just really, I like it. I, I like it. It's fine. No, I'm sorry. It is one of my favorites. I'm, I own it. I own it. I love this movie. 90% of that is probably because of the soundtrack because it's an excellent soundtrack, but I And of course we were talking about Thor, the dark world. Yes. Sorry. If you don't listen often, you may not hear. No, of my love for Thor, the dark world, but I love Thor, the dark world. It, it is always a joy to see Kat Dennings on the screen and, and, and she's the so kind good. of energy she brings to the role. You know, yeah. I love like Miss Lewis. No, it's Dr. Lewis, yeah. which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and also 
I like that they bring her in and she kind of gives us this. This is the level of sci-fi I want, by the way. This sort of like mumbo jumbo about like commercial something race. And that's why it calls microwave background radiation. I buy it. (laughs) It's actually a real thing. Cosmic. It's a real thing. Cosmic microwave background radiation. It's energy left over from the Big Bang. (laughs) FYI. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Some science mumbo jumbo. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Either way, I don't need it. Like, yeah, we don't need that. We don't. <laughs> We need it to. We need it. We need them to give us some sort of explanation. We don't need it to fully understand it. I do not need to understand this. So we get to see from the perspective of the people who have found the like sitcom that's happening, which I really love because it's like I love kind of the. This is where that meta commentary comes in. Like they are theorizing in the same way that we are theorizing, right? Like when Jimmy sits down and he's like, "Is it? Is it Vision dead?" Yeah he die yeah which is what we've all been saying like how how is this happening yeah. like what is going on you know and so they're like identifying all the the other and they're like and- they're like who okay like and it's the same thing we're doing like okay who is that who are those kids and darcy's like no those are actually her kids like like who did she whose kids did she cast as her kids and it's like no no those are her kids yeah which, which is which super is- interesting <laughs> Well, yeah, that'll come in um, the next episode in the next episode. But this one I thought was interesting where they're they've got the board. They're like trying to figure out who all these people are. Yeah. Um, And they are just residents who have kind of been kidnapped and are clearly being brainwashed in some way. But of note is that Agnes has not been identified, which Mm -hmm. is Catherine Hahn's character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we still don't know who the witness protection person is. Like, I don't know that that has come up yet. Right. And so they're trying to figure out how to infiltrate. And then this is where we find out that that beekeeper we saw was actually a sword member in like a hazmat suit Mm -hmm. who had gone in under through the through the like sewers or tunnels or whatever. Through the sewers. Yeah. Into because they they um, they posited that I think her hex didn't um, didn't extend underground. Yeah, which was clearly incorrect. Yeah. And and I love this because I feel like after the third episode, um, or after the second episode, everyone was like, What does what do the bees mean? Like, why is he a beekeeper? But it doesn't it's just it's that's just, what yeah. they turned his suit into. Yeah. Because like, yeah, because exactly. yeah. She and she needed it to make sense in the world mm-hmm. she lived in. And that I mean, I don't know if a beekeeper crawling out of this crawling out of the sewer makes sense, but it's at least like within the realm of possibility. Like, maybe there's a hive of bees in the sewer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, versus a guy in, like, a modern day, like, you know, radiation hazmat suit. Um, yeah, that was all really, like, fascinating. And you see, of course, Hayward comes back in and is, like, not the kindest or the nicest. Which yeah. I was like, you're gonna be a bad guy. Yeah. I can tell. Um, and then. How does that episode end? I know. I was like, how does that episode end? Can you tell that we did not rewatch? Yeah, I was like, and I wish I had rewatched because there's so much over the past three weeks. But, um. Oh, right. No, no, no. I remember. So, like, Wanda casts, um. Monica. 
Wait, am I looking at the wrong episode? Yeah, because that's episode, that's episode, episode three. She casts Monica out. We get to see a little bit more. Then Vision comes back in and she sees Vision as like the court. Yes, yes. And then Which you're like, horrifying it's moment. horrifying. And you're also like that. Oh, that's Vision. That's not, she reanimated him. Like that's when, I think that's when it clicked for me that like, this is Vision's body. Like, this it, to me, I was like, I don't, I still don't really know how to read that scene, especially based on what we see in episode five. Because in the moment, I was like, is this trauma coming out? Mm-hmm. Like, is this Wanda remembering like the reality and why she doesn't want to be in it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the moment when Darcy and Jimmy Woo realize that the broadcast they're seeing is edited, being, yeah, is being edited yeah. in some way. And so the episode ends with. Monica waking up and saying Wanda this is all Wanda yeah yeah right and then ooh, they're just it's so hard like of course it would be great to be able to do an episode after every single episode that yeah. comes out which is difficult for us but so we're fast forwarding a little bit because I think the fifth episode it's a lot she, of filling and yeah like it's yeah. it's it's it it impacts everything that came before it in yeah. a way because I feel like every episode leaves us with so many questions and so many ideas and so many theories. And I feel like that episode hits the reset button and then we start all over again. Does that make sense? Like the the the, the kind of explainer episode hits the reset button in terms of all the theories because it answers so many questions, but then it brings up so many more and we start over again that... Like, okay, that set of questions has been answered, but here's a whole new set of questions. Yes, exactly. Agreed wholeheartedly. So uh, the fifth episode, which is called On a Very Special Episode and takes us into the 80s mm-hmm. sitcoms. That, it's like a which, family ties, growing pains type situation. Yes. Which is that, like what we, I think I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Very much like I can still sing the theme songs to like Growing Pains and like Step by Step mm-hmm. and like Full House and all these things. And the theme song for this one, which is written by Kristen uh, Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez of Disney fame, yep. is perfect. Yeah, really and good. of course, also gives us some hints as to what is forthcoming in the episode. Um, so it opens. Baby, can I just say, Baby Vision made me laugh out loud. I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard during those credits. So good. It actually. I didn't notice the lyrics until the second time yeah. I watched the episode because I was too busy laughing at the like perfection that was all the imagery in Um, that intro sequence (laughs) and like a lot of like oh wow like sometimes I forget Elizabeth Olsen is an Olsen but then you see the pictures of her when she was young and you're like oh she looks a lot like her sisters very similar (laughs) yeah um so this one we have a whole new set again which was perfectly like the the door between the kitchen and the um, living room. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is like the step by step door. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. I can like see the episodes were like going from the living room to whatever. It was so good, but the babies are there, and then there's this really strange moment Whew. where they can't get the babies to sleep. It's very funny. It's like classic sitcom, the binkies, whatever. Uh, Catherine Hahn comes in as Agnes and is like kind of doing her sitcom-y shtick with her one-liners. Um, but Vision has like a freak out. And then, doesn't want to leave the babies with her. Mm-hmm. And she has kind of this like, she 
she stops and she's like, should I, should I take it again? And it's very uncomfortable and it's very awkward. And she's, it's like, she's clearly asking for like directorial direction. Yes. Like, am I, am I, did I, did I deliver the line wrong if he reacted that way? Mm -hmm. And Vision is kind of stuck on this, which tells us he has some level of agency here, which I find very interesting. Um, And Wanda is kind of trying desperately to brush over it. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this one, we might bounce around a little bit, but to me, they're, they're pushing this notion as Wanda being the, like the one so hard. I feel like it's complete misdirection. Yeah. I think it's complete misdirection. Like, I think Catherine Hahn's going to be the big bad. Yeah. Like, I think she's either Agatha Harkness. Um, I think a lot of our listeners maybe aren't as steeped in the comics universe, so Agatha Harkness. Sure. Okay, so Agatha Harkness uh, is another witch, and and I'm not, I, like, read it, and I read it a long time ago. Let me just say, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with the Agatha Harkness theory, because I think this is how she's going to get the nickname Scarlet Witch in the MCU. Or, sorry, not she, um, how, like, I think it's another witch, another it being Agatha Harkness makes sense, because then I think it's going to be Scarlet Witch against, you know, like, I think this is how she, because they made a very big deal about her not having a name. Not having name. So, I keep saying she, um, uh, Wanda. Wanda. God, why am I my brain? Why is it? Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Um, so yeah, it's been a minute for me as well, but Agatha Harkness basically is like another villain from the comics yeah. who uh, kind of takes a storyline in the comics that is clearly influencing this show in which Wanda is put into a fantasy life and, and has all these things specifically to kind of uh, box her in rather than trying to help her deal with her grief, which mm-hmm. are two very different things. Um, and it it just feels like Catherine Hahn is bringing such like an interesting energy, and she's the only one who is broken character outside of Monica without impetus to do so. Yeah, without, without outside like, intervention. You know, without outside intervention, and she also is like Vision noted, always there when she needs to be always kind of pushing things in the direction like the kids age themselves yes that's what i was about to bring up and she doesn't blink she just goes along with it as if it's a role she's playing the dog so they get a dog (laughs) and when the dog dies it's it's agnes who finds him and agnes who kind of pushes that notion of like you know, reality, things that die, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's, she, she feels very much like an instigator to me and yeah. not like an innocent or like a victim in this situation. I agree. And, you know, there's this incredible moment in when Vision goes to work and they're like the emails and Darcy had sent some kind of email and Norm, who is played by Asif Ali, has this like wonderful scene where they're like learning about email and Vision pushes like does something to norm's brain and he breaks out of this sitcom character and into what is presumably his real character and it's like sheer panic and pain and he's he's worried about his sister and his sick father and all these things and he keeps saying she's in she's in my head but he doesn't say wanda yeah yeah he he never says the the name and so i think that's very very important and the fact that hayward is pushing this idea of wanda being the big bad like Mm -hmm. so intensely because again again poor wanda with the like you know going back to like this so oh it's all her fault that the Mm -hmm. chords and all that it's not and um but anyway yeah it, it it piles onto the trauma both the character herself has undergone and the trauma of like what people put on her yes and and how people 
dismiss young women mm-hmm. in that way, right? Like this, oh my gosh. So they, that that's all happening in sitcom land, right? Yeah. Like the kids are growing up faster. They're they're noticing things are weird. Vision is noticing things are, are weird. Meanwhile, in the real world, you have Monica who is back now and kind of trying to figure out what's going on. She doesn't believe Wanda is doing this for any sort of malevolent reasons. Can we can I ask what do you what's your take on the fact that they had to the blood tests, the MRI, the you know, the all the tests. That was weird, right? Yeah, is she still like actually in there and they sent out some sort of, you know, like what I don't I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it either. That that someone is still in her head maybe in like, her head or is there somebody right? who's like is like you know, someone blocking the tests. Like, is that is that actually Monica? But somebody's blocking the tests because they'll be able to find something. You know, it, yeah. It's just there, that was weird, and I don't know what to make of that. And it clearly means something. It means something, and it was such like a minor moment yeah. in an episode that is like chock full of things, yeah. right? Because there's that. Then there's there's Monica pushing for this idea that Wanda is not not the bad guy here, and mm-hmm. of course, then we have the revelation of seeing that footage from Sword of. Sword had held on to Vision's body in pieces mm-hmm. and Wanda came and took the body. Yeah. But we don't know what Sword was doing with Vision's body. And of course we know Vision's living will said he doesn't want to be brought back. He doesn't want to be made of a, a weapon or anything. Um, and I liked the the moment of Jimmy Woo kind of stand, like sort of standing up for Wanda and being mm-hmm. like, we have to remember the good things she's done. And it yeah. was such a great moment of like, how spin works mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. where you have hayward being like no we're gonna contextualize her in the most negative light possible right and it's a lo- it's it's a it's a big commentary on um there's this powerful young woman and they assume she's out of control mm-hmm yep and they want to put uh, her in a box and that is and that's like a running theme with wanda more generally um mm-hmm very much so. And so you see all these like pieces coming together on the outside. Um, and so they figure out Monica very, very intelligently uh, figures out a way they can speak to Wanda peacefully by sending in kind of an 80s drone, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, then Hayward arms without Monica's knowledge. And I love the scene leading up to that. so mad. It's infuriating. But so they're sitting on the couch. Vision has gone to work and the kids come in. And like I said, like they are noticing something's wrong, right? Yeah. They're like, where's dad? And he's like, he's at work. It's Monday. And they're like, no, it's it was Saturday this morning. Like, what are you talking about? So that, again, to me, lends itself to this idea of Wanda's actually not in control. Yeah. Like, Wanda is as much a victim as anyone else because she is, like, they, they have all these little moments of, like, this is more powerful than Wanda's ever been before, like, being able to literally rewrite reality which and is... i think wanda i think the thing here is and i guess let's talk about the last scene before we um get into this because uh it's relevant when her and vision vision comes home from work yes yes it is it i think all of it is relevant in that way right like when she prior prior to even that like they go outside the drone shows up monica mm-hmm. tries to oh. have this conversation with her and of course Hayward pops in and is like shoot the missile and you're like what the hell man you think a missile's gonna take out Wanda like come on like like and it leads to this incredible scene that I have not stopped thinking about because Wanda comes out of the hex dragging this drone she's back in her like MCU outfit with the coat and the the outfit and her 
one of my favorite, favorite things that has happened so far is her accent comes yes, back. Yes, yeah. Which has so many implications about like identity and what it means to assimilate and mm-hmm. this fantasy she is building and or whoever is building and she's participating in. But she comes out and reminds us, you know, who she is basically in terms of how powerful she yeah. is because they even have the conversation, which I also want to talk about, of being like Wanda almost took out Thanos by herself. Yeah. Like she is immensely powerful. And of course there's that Captain Marvel moment, which we will get to. Um, but she comes out, she's furious. Hayward like locks all these like laser guns, whatever on her. Yeah. And Monica steps up and says, I didn't know that happened. Like, we just want to talk. You let me in. You let me into your home. Uh, knowing on some level, even though that I was a sword agent, that I was an ally, which yeah. I am wondering though now how much power Wanda has over everything, right? I think, I th- so I think my personal theory, and that's why I wanted to get into, like I wanted to talk about the scene with Vision before we got into mm-hmm. this discussion, is I think she does have a lot of control, but she's not fully in control. Like yeah, I think she, I like I think, and it goes to like what she says with Vision when he confronts her and it's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't know how this happened. Yeah, I agree. Because the same thing in that scene where she's with all the S.H.I.E.L.D. people, she never actually says she's in control. She mm-hmm. never she never admits to anything. Like he Hayward says like you're doing all of this. Like you're holding all these people hostage and Wanda says you're the one with the guns. Mm-hmm. She doesn't she doesn't take ownership of it at all, right? I think she is so desperate to just have Vision back and have the family and the life she wants that she's going along with some things she doesn't quite understand but maybe thinks she I think she, okay, so my theory is she thinks her subconscious is doing this, and it's not really. So she has some control day to day, and she thinks that her powers are creating this world, but um, am I, like, like basically. No, no, I I see, yeah. But it's not her, it's not her subconscious that's doing it. Somebody else is actually in control, but she's just not asking enough questions because, because she's just happy. like, yeah, because she's like, for once in my life, like, I am at peace and I am, you know, it may be like, fake, but it's, 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 it's what I need right now. It's better than the real world, yeah. right? It's better than the world in which she has nothing. She has yeah. lost her family. She's lost the, the person she was in love with. She's lost her home. She's lost everything, yeah. you know, and there, she has no, she has no, um, She's no one to be there for her. Like what? There's Clint, like Hawkeye, who had his secret family and never kind of associated Wanda with it. Like there's nothing. The last time we see her is at Tony Stark's funeral before this show. Yeah, and then there's Cap, but Cap is, you know, for all, you know, Cap's old. Like Cap's Cap's an old man. Yeah. Um, Like like he disappeared, right? Yeah. And so um, I think there's a lot. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. um, And... Should we, should we talk about the final scene? So, but well, I think there's, there's, I want to talk a little bit about what I think is so interesting in terms of what the show is doing with Elizabeth Olsen's acting choices, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I are so smart. Like she, I'm so glad the show exists so that she gets to illustrate kind of the depth of Wanda's character mm-hmm. because you have this person who is inhabiting these sitcom roles and is so good at it. But then when they break and she becomes the other Wanda, it's 
it's not just about how powerful she is. It's also about the space she inhabits as like an immigrant, as a woman, as a powerful woman. Like They're treating her as a whole person, which yes! Lucy doesn't usually do with women, <laughs> to be frank. It is so true. Like, They're women are, in this, even, even developed characters are very one-dimensional in the MCU in a lot of cases. And Wanda may just be the most fully developed... Right now, yeah. ...woman in the MCU, like... Well, what's kind of nice is they're allowing it to happen with Monica as well in her yeah. own right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, I feel like Monica is getting a story that doesn't exist to just build Wanda's story. And that like, the reason for that is because we're telling this story in a television show. It's not necessarily, like, I'm not absolving the MCU. Like, God knows there's lots of problems with it. But, like, it's also when you have two hours and change to tell a story and they're this packed with information, it's this mm-hmm. much of a bigger story, like, you're gonna spend most of the time telling that story, and there's not a lot of time for the rest of it. Yeah, and so you get to have these, like, wonderful moments, like, where you have Wanda building, and you have Monica being built. Like, Monica operating from a standpoint of, like, the fourth episode, contextualizing Monica's Monica's life Mm -hmm. and her loss also. Mm -hmm. Like, the show... The show's take on grief is just fantastic. It is, I agree. Recognizing it exists, we are recognizing it has impact. And it's not something, it's not something, it's something that exists all the time. Yes. And underlies everything else. It's not something, and it it flares up, and then sometimes you flares up, and then you're fine. And then Mm -hmm. you flare, you know, like it, it, but it exists all the time, and it's a part of your identity. And it's, yeah, sure, time makes it, time can, you know, it can soften it, but it never goes away. Like you're always, you know, you're always forever changed by it. And I think this show, take on it like you can put it aside and just deal with the problem in front of you for so long but it's gonna come out well yeah that's I I like seeing that we're seeing that from both Monica and Wanda exactly like they're paralleling really nicely yes I agree there is that moment like we said where um they're talking about the most powerful person in in uh among these heroes in this world and Monica says like Wanda and Jimmy says well arguably Captain Marvel and there is this Fantastic! Like I sat up in my oh chair. Oh my god! When Monica was like, "We're not talking about Captain Marvel," mm-hmm. which has so much weight. Like Tayana Paris in that moment is like so good because with that one line, it opened up so much potential. I was like, "Did was it that Carol didn't give her a way to contact her?" And so she yeah, I think she feels like sickness? that's my that my my view is she feels abandoned. Mm-hmm, right? Because we it don't know. We don't know a lot about what Captain Marvel did between um, the movie and um, the uh, second Avengers movie, Endgame. Yeah, Yeah, no, yeah, Endgame. Um, But frequent visits to Earth to visit Monica were probably not on the, you know, like, so what, you know, yeah. Yeah, because so I rewatched Captain Marvel last night as kind of where I'm I'm gonna start like going through all these like older movies that will impact this one, and they have like Monica and Carol have such a wonderful relationship, and she's so it's like hero worship yeah there right, um and we don't know what Monica went. we know she's an agent of Sword we know that that Maria built Sword. We know that Sword has a space station mm-hmm. so but this is the first time. I think we're kind of seeing somebody who was a piece of that Captain Marvel movie who does not have a uh, immediate positive reaction to Carol, which mm-hmm. was very, 
very interesting. Yeah, and I, I I'm I'm excited for them to explore that further. Um, but okay, so yeah, this final scene, yes. I guess let's kind of like dig into it. So so Wanda, I love the moment before she goes back in where she, we get to see that power of her like doing her old school like yeah, and them both like, like magic floating powder. and they're like you know and the guns just going and. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, that, sorry. oh, sorry, I was, yeah, yeah that before part. that, yeah. When she's just before she comes back in and she's kind of like, do not cross me, yeah. like, this is, this is someone who is protecting the life she wants because... And it's also clear, she doesn't want to hurt anybody, like, she doesn't yeah. want to hurt the shield agent, she doesn't want to, that's why she gives them the warning. Mm-hmm, because she could have just handled it. Yeah, she could have handled guns it. blazing, right? Yeah. And I think Monica recognizes that, too. So she goes back in, and I loved this end moment where Vision is pushing her and pushing her and pushing her to the point where, like... You know, standard-wise, we've gotten these credit sequences, and that has been the end. But he keeps fighting with her. Mm -hmm. And and she she wants to end the episode. And she wants to end the episode. But he is, like, I love the moment where they both lift up into the air. And he is, like, screaming at her. And she's like, you've never talked to me like this before. And she's like, I can't remember who I was before this. And that was, like, because you knew that. Like, you knew that, clearly. Because Vision remembered who he was. He'd be like, why am I here and where are the Avengers? And I died. Like, what is going on? But just for him to articulate that was so powerful. And the fear, right? Mm -hmm. It's not even anger. It's fear. He's like, what are you doing to me? You know, you're doing this to all of us. And then the 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 final scene makes it clear that no i don't think she is i don't think she's like they've been dropping hints but the fact that she's like i didn't do this if you didn't do this someone is doing it Mm -hmm. and i believe her i believe her says she didn't do it i think the tie between agatha or excuse me (laughs) agnes holding the dead dog and forcing that conversation about resurrection and not running from your problems and the reveal of who rings the doorbell at the end of the episode, which is, of course, Pietro, but, but played by Evan Peters and not Aaron Tyler Johnson, which I am, like, a little sad about because I really liked yeah. the portrayal. I like both of them, honestly. Um, so Evan Peters plays Quicksilver in the X-Men universe from yep. Fox, yes. which Disney bought year before last i think right in 2019 so the question now is there's like there's many possibilities here but the so two many the two main ones in my mind are either this is just an in joke um and casting like quote unquote recasting peter and evan you know it was evan taylor Aaron Taylor Johnson no, and Evan, Evan Peters. Evan Peters. Okay. Yeah, too many <laughs> names. Um, Evan Peters uh, is just a townsperson who's just somebody has used to recast as Pietro, which I don't actually think is what's going I on. Think so. I think he's been pulled from another universe. Yeah, I think this is going to open the door to the multiverse. To the multiverse and to mutants in this world. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's, I think it's a very, very smart way I to. I think it's introduce both of those ideas yeah. through one character through one quick moment yeah and it's... so yeah it was i it was it was i was screaming like i texted preethi and i was just like what like when during the, like, that reveal the yeah and because i was irritated because i thought i'd had a lot of stuff spoiled for me and it turns out people were just like memeing stuff and none of it was actually spoilers but um yeah uh but that did not get spoiled 
spoiled. I'm a little from. irritated because I was putting putting like theories online and somebody replied to me like, "Oh, I saw a leak that Evan Peters is going to be on the episode." And oh, I'm like, "Why would you?" Oh yeah, that's no. what that's what I was mad about. Okay, yeah, I um, remember <laughs> I remember you saying that and I forgot to ask what, which what was I going just on. Kind of ignored it, so I still got to have a little bit of the experience, which I because they do it really smartly where they show him from the back and he looks like yeah. Aaron Tyler Johnson. Yeah, he looks like Pietro from the MCU, and so I had a moment. Where it's like, oh my god, did they do it? And then it was Evan Peters, yeah. which I was... But I still got to have that reaction, so it was fine. Um, but I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with the dynamic of the siblings. Mm-hmm. Since it is, is it technically, like, not... Her brother? Her Pietro. It's a... It's a it's a Pietro. Yeah. And is how is that going to even work? And like, and also, can I... I also just say this timing is really interesting because I feel like Vision was really... If Pietro hadn't interrupted, Vision would have, I think, gotten Wanda to... Wanda won't... Wanda will listen. Like, Wanda respects Vision. Wanda mm-hmm. res- And she doesn't want... He was going to, like, like push her to confront what was going on. And I yes, think whoever I was beyond... If it's Agatha Harkness or whoever was not ready for that. And I yeah, think that's I why that... Like, I think she would have confronted what was going on and they would have worked together to get to the bottom of this. But now, now it's going to be back to pulling because like now Wanda has even more reason not to want Mm. to go back to the world as it is. And which makes me so sad for Wanda because it is just it feels like it's just pulling her strings and manipulating her. And like, Uh it is so like it. It's going to be I think we're going to get something. I think there's going to be something really bad, like something that really just something really, really, really bad is coming. And I think it's going to be heartbreaking before it can be hopeful. Yeah, but but this shows X. How many episodes are there? Nine? There are nine total. So we've got four left. Four left. So I think I think what we can do maybe is do two and two two more. Yeah, two and two. Yeah, I think that's probably a good good. schedule. Yeah, Um, because there's just there's so much. This this was almost too much for one episode to discuss. Right, we didn't even talk about the commercial. Yeah, like Like the Hydra commercial and the Lagos commercial. Oh, yeah. It's just all. It's just like it's it's taking this and looking. I just love that they're respecting this idea of like we are going to talk about how we talk about powerful young women mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah there's a lot going on here and i think it's really well done and honestly like while i'm looking forward to captain like the falcon and winter soldier i do worry it's gonna be a little bit of a disappointment after how creative the storytelling is versus that seems like more traditional mcu i think it's gonna be good don't i'm not trying to like but i'm really enjoying the more creative you know like re- like with yeah. Star- i feel like it started kind of with black panther and then thor Ragnarok. like we're getting more creative takes on storytelling within this universe and i really 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 and i'm enjoying i like i really hope they do like a freaking live action x-men show instead of doing movies like I yeah do tv yeah I the agree. potential of like disney plus is like uber hit you should they should always just have some mc some M- original mcu show going like you know what i mean like just do like I mean, 10 to 15 have... episode shows what so this year we'll have falcon and the winter soldier i think we're getting loki this year too i think so and maybe Miss Marvel, maybe yeah, I think that might be like early twenty twenty two. My but like, guess is that we're either gonna have a live action Star Wars or MCU show, fifty two weeks out of the year is kind yeah, of their you know right. just like one a week to keep people subscribed. I think you're right. I think you're you're very right. But they're not doing it in 
a way that feels cheap because they're allowing creative decision and and really like like you said interesting kind of unique storytelling like I never would have anticipated that this was how they were gonna do yeah that. I wouldn't I, I I was just like okay this looks weird but I mean I'll watch it because you know it's MCU but I'm I never expected to enjoy it as much as I did mm-hmm. and like Enjoy as much as I did, and we haven't had this experience in the MCU yet no. because everything has been one movie. So yeah, we can talk yeah. about like the next movie that's six months, you know, from now. What's going to happen? How are we going to continue this overarching story? But we've never had the week to week like let's dive into the details experience, and it's really really refreshing. And I've missed it in a lot of ways because like there aren't a lot of shows you can do this with, and so. It is- this is bringing me back to like I was on um, Slayer Fest '98 last week talking about just episode four, and we were talking a lot about how this brings back like living through when Lost was on. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to right? reference. Like, yes, absolutely, because I enjoyed. I think I enjoyed theorizing about that show more than I enjoyed the show itself. I at the think. end of the day, I enjoyed yeah. the experience of just being so into something and so immersed in a world. Um, and Mandalorian has given us that to a certain extent, but because it's been so removed from the rest of the Star Wars world, so mu- for much of its runtime, you we haven't had that experience as Not much. much. But I also think it's good that it was been like it's been removed and okay. like it's it's a different situation. This is not removed from the larger MCU. This yeah, is fully telling the story of the next chapter of the MCU. Like it is fully enmeshed um and like building the it it does have me significantly more excited about the next doctor strange movie mm -hmm, i will mm -hmm. admit which is i think both of us admit that doctor strange is not our favorite yeah see you movie um but now i'm significantly more excited to see where the multiverse of madness goes (sighs) so much okay let's um let's wrap this baby yes uh so what are you into right now uh, I am reading The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Addison, which mm-hmm. is really, really interesting fantasy in that it's not the fantasy I usually go for, which is pretty action-oriented. Mm-hmm. This is about a young um, half-elf, half-goblin kid who unexpectedly ends up being emperor of this land because all of the other heirs and his father die very suddenly on, like, the first page, so it's not a spoiler. Um and just kind of like having to inhabit this world he has he does not know anything about. It's so good and it's like but I'm reading it slowly cuz I want to be able to kind of ingest it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm only about 200-ish pages in on the phone which it's like 7 to 800 pages on my phone I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm not super super far into it, but I am really really liking it. Um Rewatching a lot of old episodes of Jeopardy, which are on Netflix, and falling asleep to those, which has been nice. And then I got on TikTok. <laughs> I, like, bit the bullet. I feel like a lot of authors recently have joined it. Yeah. It's a huge time suck. It's I it, it's a social media platform that I was like, oh, I understand. I understand how people spend so much time yeah. on this. I don't understand how they spend, like, so long making videos. That's my thing with it. Like, I could never spend that much time making a video, but I could absolutely see myself getting sucked into watching them. Yes. You will find, like, you'll be on there for, like, an hour and be like, how did I – I just watched 60, 60 videos in a row. Yeah. Like, it's it's not good. I don't – I do recommend it, but I don't recommend it. Yeah. 
Um, and then in terms of what am I doing, uh, Avengers Assembly number two, The Sinister Substitute, is out in April. I think it's April 6th, and it is available for pre-order. Uh, and then a bunch of secret stuff that Yay! I'm not allowed to talk to you, but I really want to tell everybody about. Soon, but maybe. I can't. Soon, soon. But it's all very exciting. Um, for me, I am, I needed a new, I've been getting back into knitting. I've been knitting for a while, but like, I've been knitting for a long time, but I kind of like get excited about it and then not, and then get excited about it and not. So I'm excited about it again, but I needed something to watch. Um, so I started rewatching Stargate SG-1. I love this show so much. Like, it's just so good. Like, I, I feel like in the blink of an eye, I'm already like through three seasons. Um, it is, I love this show. Like, on so many levels, it is just, it's, I love it. Um, and then I'm working when I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of different things right now. One thing I can talk about is I am doing the Publishers Weekly Mystery and Thrillers feature for March. It's like a kind of preview of the um, Mysteries and Thrillers to come in 2021. I'm really excited because it's kind of a big deal to get asked to do it. It's a lot of work. So I hope when it comes out, people will share it. Um, it's not out till March 15th, but doing a lot of work on it right now. Soon. Yeah. And then, of course, Stone Sword Tape. Yes, yeah, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> a cover should be coming soon on Storm Sword Stone Table, the um, anthology I'm co-editing. So hopefully we'll see a cover in the next couple of weeks, and then we can really start, you know, promoting in earnest. Because um, it comes out July twenty third week of July, whatever that Tuesday is. I think. Yay! Yeah, it's That's exciting. exciting. It, it feels it feels very far away because we did a ton of work on it in like December, January, and then it's been kind of radio silence as it's like the copy edits are being processed and stuff like that. So it's just kind of you know you know how it goes. Do a ton of work on it, a book, and then it kind of falls into the background for two months, and then it comes back, and then yeah. So it's still very exciting. And it we is will very exciting. Be- Pushing all of the links and the pre-orders and and all of that. Um, In the meantime, we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network, and you can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. That's hard, N-O-C, as in nerds of color, media.com, which we spent two years not telling you. Yes, now we're telling you. That's what it is. Um, (laughs) Patreon, quick Patreon mention. Um, We, Keshev has been a lovely... $12 subscriber for a couple of months and somehow we updated our spreadsheet but we did not update our notes so now our notes are updated we are so sorry that we have not been shouting you out for the past few episodes but thank you to Keshav, Meredith, Roni, and Maya at the $12 level Amber, Sam, Patrick, Jordy, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Shelly, Claire, Brian, Robert, Sylvia, Chris, The Knot Family, Priya, and Creative Grey at the $5 level you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash girls and there should be a link in the show notes because we are trying to get better about, you know, telling you how you can support us because we're really bad at that. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at girls or I am at runwithskizzers. I am at skrishna. And uh, until next time, we will, we see, will you see you in, in hell! hell.